The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Good day, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. I would like to start with a bit of listener feedback. This feedback comes from uh, is based on our conversation last week that I had with Jack and Thomas on setting up your home network properly and safely and securely. And uh, Billy Bones sends an email, says, uh, One thing I use when guests come for the first time is a Wi-Fi NFC card with a QR code sticker on it with the login information. For example, for an iPhone, all you need to do is open the camera app and focus it on the QR code, and it asks if you want to join the network. Uh, and I would add that on Android, it would pick up the NFC and do the same thing. Yep. I find this extremely helpful for newer guests. And then he adds, also, I love Thomas's pick on using multi-MC for modded Minecraft. I've been using it myself for years and have found it much easier than the regular Minecraft launcher for mods. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that is a great idea. I love the idea. Like if, if you are someone who hosts people, like you have pool parties or mm-hmm. that sort of thing, uh, or if you rent out a house on Airbnb or, you know, anything like that, uh, having a card and yeah, it's super, super easy. And that's, that could also be an idea for churches, you know, if you have Wi-Fi mm-hmm. in your parish hall, mm-hmm. um, any kind of restaurants, you know, I, I can see restaurants doing this where they just have it right on the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Join our Wi-Fi, scan this, you know. If you have like church meeting rooms that you have uh, people, people want to be able to access the, the Wi-Fi, any place where you have guest Wi-Fi, where you want people to log in. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, great. a great idea. Yeah, that was going to be my that was going to be my caveat is that if you really should have a guest Wi-Fi system right. separate from your regular Wi-Fi system at home or at or at the church, because you don't want anybody scooting around on your own stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, ideally, home you should be okay, but it depends on who you have over to. If you've got any kind of, and if you know, if you've got things you don't want people to get at, then yeah, it is best to set up a second. And I. Pretty sure every single Wi-Fi router that's available today can do multiple, oh, yeah. multiple networks. networks. Yeah, yeah. So. We talked about it, and we talked about the pros and cons of having a guest network in addition to your regular network. And it really does depend on how often you have people coming in who you don't mm-hmm. who you don't implicitly trust. Right. Uh, versus, uh, you know, so if you're having big parties and having people over, or you're renting out a house or that sort of thing. That'd be that would definitely be one a guest network. Whereas if if it's just my family and my in laws coming to visit, I I trust my in laws enough to let them use my Wi Fi. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But one thing right, I <laughs> one thing I have done is I've put a few of my Internet of Things on my guest network away yeah. from the regular network, which has the mm-hmm. computers and the like server and the whole nine yards, just because I don't want my you know things leaking from my TVs. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they're all on the guest network. They can all right. figure themselves out. Exactly. Yep. That's a, that's a good idea. And I'll, I'll, I'll double, I'll do a third uh, call for multi-MC. I, I use that all the time, too, for modern Minecraft. And that's, that's nice. it makes it so much easier, even than yes. like the Curse Forge or any of those. It's just plug it in here. You're done. <laughs> awesome. I have a funny little Minecraft anecdote. I was talking to one of the dads in my, my girl scout troop. And he went camping with his son over the weekend, and they went mining, uh, panning for gold. Uh, oh, wow. So, and and they found some. He's like, "What is you know, kid? Come over here, take a look. Does that gold sell gold to you?" He's like, "I don't know what gold looks like. I've only ever seen it in Minecraft." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. So he got it. At least he got him outdoors where he could see actual it, gold it, it and actual. Doesn't look things, the but. same in my, Minecraft as it does in the real world. It's not as yeah. shiny. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just I like that one. I was thinking of Minecraft. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Billy Bones, for the feedback. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we love to get feedback from folks. If you want to send your feedback feedback on anything we talk about, you can send it to technology at sqpn dot com. So let's talk about our first topic tonight. Uh, today, uh, this is uh, there's been a big trend. It's always one of these apps that go around, or or something that make, takes a picture and alters it, uh, an app or 
a, a filter in TikTok or mm-hmm. Instagram or something like that. Uh, every few months, something goes around and makes funny pictures and everyone posts a version of it. And the latest one is this one called Voila, Voila AI Artist. And what you do with it is you take a picture of your face or of other people and you will either make you look like a Pixar animated character or it'll make you look like a Renaissance painting or it'll make you look like a 2D cartoon character. And depending on how weird your face is, <laughs> it yeah. looks better or worse. <laughs> I look like one of the the guys from uh, uh, Disney's Brave, like I look like one of the Scottish warriors when, when I did mine. Nice. So, but uh, so it's fun. Um, but there is people are concerned. There was an app a few years ago called Face App that made you look mm-hmm. old, and then we later found out that it was sucking up your data from your phone and sending it to China. And, and the people were understandably concerned, and so. I've been seeing a lot of people online saying things like, well, oh, you know, all these people don't do it. Don't do it. It's terrible. You're giving away all your data and articles and Wired and USA Today and Business Financial Post mm-hmm. and like all kinds of places. And so the question is, is are, are, are we inherently unsafe using apps like these? Can we use these sorts of apps right. safely? And if and how do we use these apps safely? So I, I wanted to talk about today, but have have you guys tried this one out? I had to try it out. I've got kids, so it, it was a thing. I, I downloaded it and I haven't gone past that. Um, <laughs> I just, someday. Yeah. And I haven't tried it only because of the concerns of the Face app. I wasn't yeah. sure what I wanted to do, but now that I'm hearing it's not too bad, I might give it a try. I might regret right. it, but I might give it yeah. a try. Well, so after we've talked about it here, given some tips on how you can safely use it on iPhone and Android, then mm-hmm. you you probably should you'd be okay. A couple of things up front though is it's a they want you to buy a subscription. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you up front: don't buy a subscription for it. Oh, you don't need to do. You get all you get all the features. Well, they, I think a lot of with these apps, the their hope is you'll buy a subscription for a week or a day or a month or a year, and then forget you have it, mm-hmm. and it will just keep charging you. And that's that's a that's a terrible business model. It's a it, one that takes advantage of people, <clears throat> gym memberships, and so don't do. That. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's not limited to technology, but yeah, don't don't do it. You can use it in an advert ad mode where there are ads. Like now. Right up front, let me tell you, there was my wife and I had different experiences up front. I downloaded it, started using it. And one thing that it does is you take the picture and then it processes, quote unquote, slower on phones that haven't bought the ad free version. Uh, it's supposedly. Not, it's, okay. it's not inherently slower. They're, they're slowing it down to, to get your buy. But that was the only thing I saw that was that was related to not buying it. But my wife kept getting these ads that take over the screen and play for 20 seconds. And then you have to find the close button, which they changed mm-hmm. in a, in a dark pattern. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, and I'm like, why are you getting those ads? And I'm not, well, it turns out that this is related to a pick of the week. I had some time ago called next DNS. So next DNS is a service. It's a domain name, domain name service that will, among other things, block, ad networks or other things. So it's a, it's an ad blocker, malware blocker, but it does it at the domain level. Mm-hmm. Um, so domain name is sqpn.com. But what happens is your computer uh, translates that into a, a number of our server, which can change. The server number can change, but our domain right. is always the same. And so you don't have to understand exactly how NextDNS works, but by using NextDNS on my phone, it was blocking the ads right. seamlessly. I didn't even know it. So once I set it up on my wife's phone, and you can get get NextDNS for free. It's nextdns.io. She was she was blocking the ads too. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying you want to necessarily you know cheat people out of legitimate uh, money, but that was something that was happening just by virtue of having the NextDNS installed on my phone. So I wasn't well, intentionally doing it. <laughs> it admittedly, and in, in, you know, others might disagree with me on this, but if you want my money for an ad, fine. Show me a non-invasive ad. Right. Mm. That doesn't have, have a dark wait, pattern. <laughs> if I have to wait even 10 seconds for an ad, um, you know, YouTube with its, you know, sometimes you get five seconds and you can close it and sometimes you can't. No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a reason why ad blocks were invented. We don't want to see that. Right. Yeah, this is this is terrible because I have Flipboard. So I have all these different, mm-hmm. you know, stories and news items that I can look at. And every once in otherwise other than the cookie one from everything right. outside of the United States that drives me crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. I do get these. All of a sudden you start reading the article 
and the ad drops down. Yep. Right. And you're in like, the middle of read. Yeah. Right. And if you click it off, so it goes, the, the whole article goes away. That, yeah. I hate that. That's yeah. just well, infuriating. It is. And then Dom saw a rant that I put on a discord server we're on where, you know, if, if I, if, if I go to a news channel, don't start playing the video with the ad. Oh, just don't. Yes. Yeah, just don't. But it's it, it, it's a lot of these these services where they have these ads, you know, and, yeah. and, and that is how they make money. And I don't think anybody who uses the free apps don't want them to make money because we want them to make money so that they'll keep updating well, the apps. Right. But do right. it in a way that doesn't is less is, isn't so invasive. Yeah. yeah. Right. They get obnoxious because they want to make you buy. But what it does to some people like my husband and I is we just say, no, you're going to be that obnoxious. Right. Forget it. Right. Right. Yeah, that, so um, I don't feel too bad about the ads not showing up. Uh, I mean, you still see some ads, but it's mm-hmm. not the obnoxious ones that take over the whole page. And you have to hunt to find the close button and accidentally launch the ad and give them the impression that isn't really valid. All right. So so that so that's up front. Now, how can we use the apps like these and limit the amount of data they get from us? So, Because so, what I was seeing was people on Facebook saying, how could you you sheep out there be using this app? You don't you know you're giving away all your data? And I'm like, dude, you're saying this on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> you've already true. given them all the data. They, your your, your data is out there. Your data is out there. It's gone. <laughs> the fact that you're doing this uh, doing it on Facebook is you've already given away. You'll, you know, the barn door has already been open for a week. You know, yeah. and that's, that, those horses are long gone. So, but how can we limit the amount of data that apps like this and other apps can get from us? And the nice thing is, is that both Apple and Google have really come a long way in the past few years in close, mm-hmm. letting us close the loop on our privacy and our data leakage. And so I'll give a, a brief on how you can do it on iPhone. And Father Corey, uh, I'll rely on you to, to tell us how, how you could do it on Android. But on iPhone, the first step is to go into settings. Then you go under privacy, photos, and then you, you hit selected photos. And then you're going to go through it and say which, you know, which app can either have, which apps can have access to all your photo library and which apps can have no access to photo library and which apps you want to tell it at the time, which photos it can look at. So you go, you you put selected photos for those apps where you want to be able to, at the moment, tell it which photos it can look at. So I do this with Instagram. I do it with Facebook and I did it with Voila. And so what happens is, is when you when you are in the app and you want to post a photo or use a photo, you'll hit the button and it will come up and say, you know, you'll there'll be a manage photos button that comes up in the app. You tap it, that will take you into photos, and then you'll select which photos you want the app to be able to see right now. And then that photo only that app has only access to those photos. So I don't give them the store. I don't give them all 25,000 or gosh, it's probably twice that nowadays, the way my wife takes <laughs> pictures, uh, photos in my photo library. It's just with the ones I, I let him look at. Okay. So that's the first step. The second thing I want to say is never, ever let an app upload your contacts. Like I, Facebook Messenger is constantly saying, oh, you'll have a much better experience mm-hmm. of our service if you let us upload your entire address book. No. Because not that's not just you leaking your data. Now you're giving away someone else's data, all the information that you have about somebody else, their phone number, their address, their email address, all that, anything that you have about them in your contacts, you're giving away. And that really bugs me because uh, that's that's not just me making a decision to leak my data. That's me leaking someone else's data, it's, even if that person isn't even on online. That mm-hmm. information is getting so that so you got to be careful with that. So unless it's specifically an app that must use contacts, like a messaging app or an email app, uh, what I do is I go to privacy and contacts, and I turn off uh, access to contacts. Or when I first launch the app, I say you can't access my contacts. Yeah, I had a I had a slight problem with that because my fr- a good friend of mine is moving to Italy to live, and they want to use WhatsApp in order right. to communicate. Mm-hmm. So I download it and I, you know, open it up and I'm trying to put her in without allowing all my contacts and it would not let me. No, nope. right. So I had to do it because it was just, and I don't, and again, it, cause it's owned by Facebook. I should yep. know better. I'm already on Facebook. So what the heck? 
But right. still, I don't, it would be nice to be able to say, just let me do a couple. Because even when you look in the, in the um, privacy setting, you can't do that with that app. Right. right. Apple should allow us to do it like we do with photos. Right. Well, and it's, um, it was said, this was years ago. This was, what, five years ago or something like that, that half the world had Facebook accounts. Shadow profiles. Shadow profiles, yeah. even though they've never mm-hmm. logged in. You know, so there's there are mm-hmm. billions of people who have these shadow profiles ready to go when they they first set up their account because right. of know, other people's contacts and everything. Right. They know about your linkages to other people. So you're in this person's contacts and this person's contacts and you're in this these photos and like they have all this information about you as as if you already had a profile. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I want to talk. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and relationships. also relationships, too, and things like that. So, yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so the other thing to do is uh, it's in the same privacy section of the settings. Go to tracking and where it says allow apps to request to track. You want that to be off. OK, this is confusingly worded and will be changed in iOS 15. So the 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 reason this is, is so if you if you say allow apps to request to track and you turn that on, what that means is apps will then be allowed to ask you, can we track you? In which case you can say yes or no. But if you turn it off here, they can't even ask. And 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 what this means is it's not about tracking you inside the app or while you're using the service. That's inherently a thing that they can do. If you install someone, if you install Facebook's app and you're in Facebook's app, they know everything you're doing in the app. <laughs> it's just a it's a it's a fact. This is about tracking you outside the app when you're when you it's so, so um you're, it blocks you, blocks them from tracking what you're doing on the web in other apps. It's about cross-app, cross-site tracking, mm-hmm. and that's how they build all kinds of data profiles about you. So if you give an app, uh, so when you're inside the app, or what you give it explicit permission to to do, like location tracking, that's another thing. If you give an app location tracking ability permission they can also do that regardless of what your setting is here. So you do want this off. And again, I want to mention again, some of this stuff is due to get even stronger and better and faster in iOS 15, uh, including with iCloud plus, which will have like private relays. And we talked about some of this when we talked about the WWDC Uh, it, this is due to get even stronger in the future. So uh, this ad, this uh, tracking and allowing tracking, is the big one that Facebook was really upset about. And so mm-hmm. if Facebook's upset about it, I'm all for it. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so those, you, if you do those things and you limit the, the sorts of stuff that an app like Voila can access, I, I would say, you know, all things being equal, you're probably pretty safe to use it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because there's only so much that, the, uh, that iOS will allow any app to do given these constraints that they put them under. So, Father Craig, what about on Android? What do you, what can we do on Android to make ourselves you know, safer? There's a lot of lot of the same same features available on Android. Obviously, they're a little bit different on how you do it. But like when you first bring up an app, it's going to ask you, "Will you give me permission to you know? Will you let me use uh, files and files and media? Will you let me use contacts?" One thing Android does that I don't like, and I hope Google fixes at some point, is they do merge files and media. Uh, uh. Google's Google's. Uh, uh, how you want to say directory structure is much more open than iOS's is. So you can go through and you actually have like a direct directory tree you can go through and all your different apps can go in there, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a dedicated part of your, your operating system that is just for your personal files. They can't get to the actual Android operating system files like you can in windows, right. but you can, you can still get to a lot, every other app and that allows you to make it easier to go between apps but it also makes it easier for things to suck from that. So I wish they, that's one thing I, I do hope they do at some point is separate out media from files. But that being said, right, you know, right now they are together. So that's something to keep in mind, you know, for something like this app that you're going to give it permission to files and media, but it has to ask first. Uh, so, so it asks when you first load up the app, there's a lot of, um, a lot of the contact, a lot of the information like contacts, like uh, location, where you have three choices. You have the choice of always permit, permit only when the app is open and deny. Mm-hmm. You know, so it allows you, know, you can do it either way. And in the best rule of thumb, unless it's something you absolutely have to have running in the background, only when app is open. 
And yeah, right. Facebook's going to whine at you about that one too, but you <laughs> let it whine. Um, stuff like that. Uh, but if, you, if you've already got an app on there that you're concerned about that you want to restrict it, it's, it's very easy to find. Um, what you do is you go on Android and you pull down the top bar where it's got all the notifications. You pull it down one more time. So you'll see the, here's how you turn on Wi-Fi. Here's how you turn on mobile data, et cetera, et cetera. And there's the little gear. You know, that, and that's always settings. Anytime you see that's a hint on any operating system, the gear is settings. Yeah. So you go to settings and then it's under privacy. Yeah, good place to hide it. And then permission manager and permission manager lets you look at each of the permissions and all the apps that are using that permission. So that's a quick way. If you're like, if you're listening to us right now and saying, you know what? I don't want any of my apps to have contacts. Then you can just hit contacts and go deny, 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 deny. You know, just real quick. Mm-hmm. If you want to do one app, if you're worried about Facebook, instead, when you're on the settings window, you go to apps and notifications and you can say, see all the apps and then find the app you're looking for and set the set it in there. And it will show you these apps have full time permission. These apps have only when the apps open. These apps are den- or th- these permissions are full time. These are when it's open. These when it's uh, denied. But it's the same permissions. You get the same permissions both ways. It just depends on what you want to do. And I, I think that's a. I think that's actually was a wise decision on the part of Android to make it where again you've got. I'm really. I you know I really don't want any of my apps to have contacts. So boom, 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 gone. You know, just right. a real quick way to do it because then otherwise you have to go go into Facebook, turn off contacts, go into Twitter, right. turn off contacts, repeat, repeat, repeat. That's the same way in iOS. It's all in one place. Yeah, that's so that's good. that's really nice to have. It's nice to have both ways too because then you can just find the one app versus both uh if there are other they call it special app access and this is getting into the deep stuff this is the stuff that like your your um your helpers your google helper and things things that run in the kind of in the background of android do uh but you can change a lot of things like what are your what is your usage of other apps you know because they're because like your your um I want to think of task manager on Android. It's going to want to know how long have you been using this app and how much processing and all that kind of stuff, you know, and that's just built in operating system stuff. So you can really get deep on this, you know? So it's, there is Android has a lot of ability to make it real fine details, really granular control. Yeah. And if, if you, um, and I, 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 pretty sure if you start monkeying around though just as a warning if you do start wa- monkeying around in this special app access you're probably going to break things in apps that they don't <laughs> like your apps probably aren't going to work the way they should let's just put it that okay. way okay all right so that's only in extreme circumstances and yeah. if you know what you're doing okay yeah but but just the regular again permissions um permission manager and apps and notifications that'll take care of 90% of your concerns you've got again and the same advice again about using you know turning off contacts if it doesn't need it it would um would be nice if you could turn off the do the selected photos i tried to see if there's a workaround where you could mm-hmm. share to an app and that doesn't work it still is going to ask for media permission so right Cool. All right. And then uh, anything else you want about on Android? Anything else we need to uh, to think about? And, and you know, some, just going to repeat something. I can't remember if we said it actually at the beginning of the show or if we were talking about it before. But if you're using a mobile phone and it's whether it's iOS or Android, you are leaking data. I mean, that's just one right. thing to realize. Yeah. It is impossible to lock these things down completely. Well, it's possible to do it, but then it becomes useless. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, it's a balance between convenience and privacy and that's mm-hmm. really what it's all technology is about these days mm-hmm. is we are balancing our convenience and use utility and privacy and right. security yeah and i think i for one just want to be smart about it you yes. know i mean i have to use facebook for work so i know i'm leaking all kinds of stuff but why should i double that or triple that with other apps that you know i don't really need so let's just keep it to the ones that i have to use and go from there Right. right. Be aware of how much your data is leaking and beware of what your what what balance you've decided to choose. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Be in control of your data usage and what data you're giving away. Don't don't just be at the yeah. whim of the big tech companies. Let be be understand understand your how you use your technology. And that's what we're here for. Exactly. Um, the one thing I want to address is something it's sort of related. I often hear people say 
things like and I'm sure we've all heard it. My husband and I were sitting in our living room talking about going on vacation to Aruba uh, in front of our <laughs> Echo. And then I went on Facebook and it showed me ads for Aruba. Is yep. is my Echo telling Facebook what, you know, what we're talking? No, they don't need to. <laughs> Frankly, yeah. it's a little scarier because there are lots of ways that big data and big by big data, I don't mean a single company, but big data is a, is sort of the conglomeration of all of you, the information that's out mm-hmm. there about you, all the data about you that is sold and brokered and, and, and conveyed from one entity to another and combined in ways to say lots of things about you, sort of like the shadow profiles we're talking about. So you have an, like we talked about IP addresses. When you go, when you're on your computer at home, you go to a website, your, your IP address is logged. So it knows you're the, and if you're logged into the site, like Facebook, it associates that IP address at that time with you and then mm-hmm. you go to amazon or you go to expedia or you take your phone now and you go to a friend's house and now it knows that you've been in the same place as your friend who has also been looking up stuff about aruba and it and they know that if your friend's looking something up like this you may have a similar interest and so on and so forth and and when you, every time you buy something at a store and you've got your phone with you and you, you these sorts of th- uh, these sorts of things, your name is associated with a purchase, say, because you mm-hmm. give them your phone number because Target wants to know your phone number or you have a, a customer card with them or, or something along those lines. They learn things with you. I tell this story all the time about the dad who called to complain to Target because they were sending his daughter ads for pregnancy pills and she's a she's 19 she's not married she's not pregnant it turns out she was and that target knew before the dad did mm-hmm. uh, and not because she was buying prenatal pills or something like that but because they have a, they have enough data on all women of childbearing age that women of childbearing age tend to who are pregnant tend to do these things that seem completely unrelated right Now, I think people don't realize, because all of us are big Googlers, so Mm -hmm. we run to Google when we want to find something. They don't realize that they stitch all that information behind the scenes on us, so why not show us things about Aruba, even if we're thinking about, you know, the Bahamas, because we're thinking about Caribbean or, you know, Southern, you know, Southern Waters vacation, you know? Right. Well, and one one thing like Facebook does is they have trackers that are on different pages. And it's, it's as simple as, you know, if you put on your page a Facebook logo from Facebook, it's right. not like there's any code behind that. All that is is saying is I go to that page. It says, oh, you know, this this uh, Facebook logo was downloaded to IP IP address one, two, three, four. IP address one, two, three, four is currently being used by Father Corey. Right. Right. I mean, it's something that simple. It really is. It's something that they can do on the background very easily because it, it, all it does is it just registers one, two, three, four for that logo, that download from this page on Aruba. And then, yes. you know, later as it's doing his data conglomeration, it goes, oh, these match. So then Father Corey's looking to go to Aruba, which I Any would page love to. That has a, has a, right. <laughs> Any page that has a Facebook sharing button on it or a Twitter sharing button, yep. you know, all these sorts of things. We it's just there. And, and we, we like I said, we leak data everywhere we go. It's so to be aware of how we leak data and mm-hmm. don't and don't get paranoid, because what happens is, is if you think it's it's all about them listening to me on my device, that that kind of gets them off the hook for what they're actually doing, mm-hmm. which, which is in some ways even more scarier because it doesn't require them to do anything that would be illegal, like listening to you through the device. That's yeah. actually illegal. Uh, they can do this stuff in in ways that are are completely legal at the moment. And and, and, and it's kind of scary. And, and kind of the irony on the opposite side of it is, I remember, was it a year or two ago, we had a conversation here on Secrets of Tech about how Amazon and Google were both much better voice assistants than Siri. And the difference right. was Amazon and Google would use your voice commands to better analyze how it's responding and so they can improve their service. So because they were able to record what you asked it and ask you, hey, did this respond right? Because a lot sometimes you'll get surveys from mm-hmm. Google saying, hey, did, did you get what you're expecting? And Apple wasn't. Siri wasn't being improved anywhere near as quickly 
as Amazon and Google are able to. So there is an opposite side to this, that this data can be used to be make our life better. It's just we still need to be careful about how much data we're giving it so that it doesn't have the blowback effect of actually making, you know, causing problems. Right. You know, hear stories of people who are constantly sharing their location. Oh, I'm at I'm at Starbucks. I'm at Target. Oh, I'm getting on the airplane. And meanwhile, there's a bur- the neighborhood burglars going, oh, goody, they just got on the airplane. I've got a right. week. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. one of those people that does not. When I go on vacation, I, I tell just very silent. few people, you know, <laughs> or I continue to do as normal. And then maybe yeah. when I come back, I'll say, just had a great vacation. Here's some pictures. But yeah, I right. have friends who, you know, have the little plane going from here to there. I'm like, people, yep. you really want to tell everybody this right now? Not a good idea. Right. Yeah. right. And yeah, you know, some people will share that only with friends and there's other things that do, but it's about being aware, be understand mm-hmm. what you're doing, what information you're giving out into whom. And that's, that's the big thing. All right. I think that's uh, enough of that for now. I'm sure we'll be back talking about this sort of thing again. This is a huge part of using technology in our time. Uh, but first I want to thank our patrons. Uh, specifically, I would like to take a moment to thank uh, the patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology. And today that includes Ryan T, Glenn D, Daniel C, Filippo F, and Paige K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And if you are in the United States, uh, that is a tax-deductible donation. So just uh, thought I'd point that out. I haven't mentioned that in a while. All right, let's talk about some headlines. Uh, I saw an interesting uh, study in the paper today that said that, in at least in the Boston area, even as late as January of 2022, they expect only 62% of people who are mm-hmm. remotely working to be back in offices. That's that's big. Uh, but the headline I want to talk about for today is it's it's related, but um, is this headline from CNBC about as uh, offices shut down because of COVID, people went out and bought vans to work from. Some people were living in the van, perhaps down by a river, uh, <laughs> but they're converting them into say like mini motorhome sort of th- situations. Some people were using them just as a sort of mobile office, and I thought that was a really interesting idea. You know. If maybe you don't want to remote work from home all the time. Maybe you don't have a home office, so you don't have uh, you have kids that are home too, and you couldn't get any work done. You couldn't concentrate. So some people went and got a van. I I kind of like this idea. There was uh, w- one story about the guy who uh, is a CEO of a company, and he drives to a different place somewhere in the San Francisco Bay Area every day, and works from the van by the water in a park. Uh, as long as he's got internet access. So uh, what do you guys think of this? I'd love it. I would absolutely <laughs> love to do it. But in my line of work, how do you do that? Yeah. So. <laughs> if I, you and Father Corey don't seem like it would be uh, all well, that. Actually, I, ironically, I, this is something I have considered um, oh, right. because of our distances well, living true. in small, you know, rural areas, small parishes. Something like this, where like one of those conversion vans where it's the RV vans, it's a full size van, but it's an RV inside would be absolutely perfect for me because I could have one rectory. That's my home base. That's the main parish. And then just go from parish to parish and spend a couple of days in the van, you know, as needed. You know, yeah. so this actually is something I've thought about for some time. And I have to say, uh, Dom linked to an article from uh, MS or CNBC. And I'm kind of jealous of this couple because they got a really nice look in 1977 Dodge van that they're living out of. It'd be like, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I can see this. So I can see this in big cities where people would, you know, say they'd leave their house. They'd go to say, you know, something as simple as a Walmart or a Starbucks, you know, strip mall with a Starbucks or something. And just pull up with the van and they've got their, you know, their little Verizon or AT&T MiFi and go to work. Mm-hmm. I, I've thought of this, like with just with, even with SQPN, like as long as I have a place to record, I could do it from anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. if if we had a, a big motor, I'd need a big motor home, you know, with a dedicated space that could be just the studio and just go on the road and just mm-hmm. podcast from around the SQP country on the road. <laughs> I'm kidding. It would be awesome. It'd be a great, it would actually it would be really fun. Uh, it'd be expensive to do, so, but uh, you know, let's make that aspirational. But I love this idea. I mean, sometimes I get, I do. I love working from home. That's I, I tell you, I don't miss my commute. I don't miss any bit of that at all. Uh, but I would love the idea to occasionally be able to go and do work from another place. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be, it's hard for me to do my work at a Starbucks unless I'm going to like pick up my iMac and my, you know, <laughs> my drives yeah. and sit <laughs> in the corner. I can't do that. This, this one could do that. It would be really kind of cool. Yeah, I would, I would love it because I would love to, I don't like air travel. So I don't mind driving mm-hmm. to places. Yeah. And I would love to do this as part of retirement. But my husband is the opposite. He doesn't like to travel on the road. Um, so, yeah. And both of us have been very happy right now working partially from home and partially at the parishes. So, and I, we're going to try to continue that. And I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. But yeah, I would love nothing more than to get to a van, <laughs> get the dog, get a new dog and just hit the road. Maybe this, this is what I need to do. I just uh, got from my folks, uh, traded vehicles uh, with my folks. And so now I've got a full size pickup. A Dodge uh-huh. Ram pickup, and you know, give a pull behind trailer that I can set up as a there portable. You go. Uh, there you go. Portable yeah. ca- uh, rectory and office. <laughs> you know, you know who's been doing this for years, by the way. Long haul truck drivers. This is the, oh, yeah. my, that's my brother's a long haul truck driver, and he's in he, his his office and home uh, on the road. Uh, and mm-hmm. I went with him once years ago. Oh. 30 years ago now uh, on a long haul, you know, like for a week yep. with him. And it was awesome. I, I, yeah. I, I learned too that I, I love being on the road. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's those, a lot of fun. Some of those, some of those trucks today is if you ever watch YouTube videos of truckers who are out there now, some of those trucks oh, yeah. are actually really nice yeah. behind the, behind the driver's seat there. I mean, that, that, that's no pretty kidding. comfortable little living quarters. Yes. Yes. It's like better than my first apartment at college. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Another headline I wanted to talk about was this, uh, this this funny thing that happened. Uh, was it last week? And I don't know if you guys got th- this email, but uh, a lot a lot of people, millions of people, got this email from HBO Max that was headlined "Integration Test Email Number One," and then the email itself uh, said um, it said something nonsensical. This, in this it. template it really is took. used by integration tests only. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, and I had to laugh because it was clearly someone was running some sort of test and accidentally sent it from instead of on the test server to the production server and mm-hmm. emailed millions of people on HBO yep. Max's mailing list. Uh, and it, what what I like about the story is that it, it shows the, the nice side of human nature, which mm. is the, the first uh, there was a lot of jokes. So obviously people are fun, mm-hmm. think they're funny. And then. You know, on Twitter, HBO tweets out, yes, we mistakenly sent out an empty test email to a portion of our mailing list. We apologize for the inconvenience and as the jokes pile in, yes, it was the intern and no really, yeah, no really. And we're helping them through it. And then all of this uh, uh, outpouring of sympathy and 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 care for this poor intern uh, mm-hmm. from the from the Internet, which is nice. This is the nice side of the Internet. And then all the stories people started sharing of the things, the times that they made big mistakes. I just love that idea because we've all, if you've worked at all for any length of time with technology, especially you've made that mistake. Like the one guy who um, deleted, you know, the company's server or uh, stuff like this. My favorite in the, in this uh, story was the George W. Bush one. Um, This woman who used to work at the white house. She said, I once didn't recognize then vice president George H. W. Bush and almost didn't let him into a meeting in the cabinet room. Of the White House, where he worked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I like that. It it was so refreshing in a world where if somebody makes a mistake, everybody calls for off with their head. You know, it was very (laughs) nice to see something like, look, we've all been there. So don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little more, a little more racy, but Monica Lewinsky also yeah. uh, commented. It's like, mm, <laughs> yes, oops. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Uh, yeah. As an intern, you'll get it. It gets better or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. There was one, uh, another one. When I was 25, I made a PDF assigning each employee to the Muppet they reminded me of the most. I meant to send it to my work friend, but I accidentally sent it to the entire company. My supervisor, Beaker, wanted to fire me, but the owners, Bert and Ernie, intervened. There you go. The owners probably got a kick out of it. (laughs) Well, I I, I tell you, every company email system, it should be nearly impossible to send Mm. an email to the entire company, Mm. like to reply all or to send any. Like, how often does does average employee need to email the entire company? It should be like. Whenever I get when I used to work for big organizations like the Archdiocese of Boston and I would get a company wide email, I would cringe because if it wasn't set up correctly, 
the responses would start piling in and you get hundreds and hundreds of emails replying to the person who sent it. But but people don't know the difference between reply and reply all and everyone gets it. So, um, yeah, well, there's, the there was um, back in the 90s, it was, it was a famous event uh, where. Microsoft had this email storm that just completely crippled their entire email system because they had a um, like group mailing lists that had to be created. So like when a person would be added to exchange at that time, not just could you add them to your, you know, your office email and the off duty email and whatever else, but there had to be like this overarching email. It was a problem with exchange that they eventually fixed. And somebody started, somebody saw that email, this, this group, and so, like, why am I on this email? And of course, everybody started reply, reply all, reply all. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of employees receiving these emails. Right. And all of a sudden, I mean, it crashed the server. They rebooted the server. It crashed the server. You know. uh, so there's a uh, reti- retired Microsoft engineer, uh, Dave, uh, I blank on his last name, but uh, uh, anyways, he, he'd worked for Microsoft. He was, he was like, he's guy programmed for Windows NT 3.5. I mean, this <laughs> is how long back. he worked. For, like Windows yeah. 95 and NT 4 and things like that. And he talks about it. So it's, it's on, his, uh, on his YouTube channel. He talks about what happened to cause this email storm. And it started out with one of these just, oh, why am I on this list? Right. Oh. And then reply all. By the way, yeah. never use reply all. Unless never. you know exactly what never, you're doing. Never. It's, yes. it's, and that's one of the reasons why, even in a small parish setting, we moved over to Slack. Yes. Because I was tired of reply all, reply all. It's like, we don't have to reply all. If you want to reply to this, fine. If you want to reply to the person, fine. Because if evidently somebody would put something in the email that really the rest of us shouldn't be reading. Yeah. Well, and then the the email chain would get fractured and and it would slice Mm -hmm. off into private conversations. Mm -hmm. And then you didn't know who was getting what part of the conversation. It was just, yeah, it was always a mess. Email is a mess. It's terrible. Uh, But it's what we have. So, but yeah, I think Slack, if you can, if you can get away with uh, switching to something like Slack, it's better. But I do, I do feel for the intern. I hope uh, it's, it's a great lesson for them that, uh, like someone said, it gets better from here. Yeah, and no, and no intern was hurt in the making of this. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that'll do it for our headlines today. Uh, Let's move on to our picks of the week. Joanne, what is your pick this week? Ah, my pick is something that I figure we've all talked about, but we haven't really talked about. And that I was surprised you hadn't picked it. None of us have picked it before. And you get to pick it. I know. (laughs) Um, It is the lovely Plex server uh, software. And Plex is a wonderful system where you you can do a couple of things with it. When I when I got it this time, I actually signed on for the year of movies and TV with it. But mm-hmm. my original mm-hmm. idea for it was to be able to put it on my new Synology and then dump TV shows and movies into it so that we could watch those at home. Mm-hmm. That these there so there were two things you can do with this particular software. This software, uh, you can put it on a Synology, you can put it on a laptop or or, or a um, regular a desktop, desktop I, computer, PC yeah. or Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why you would want to, because I I really feel you have to have something dedicated if you have right. copious amounts of files. You have an old computer that you're not using, yeah. say that you've yeah, That's what I do. That would be yeah. the only way. But yeah. it once you get it on there, it, it is really it's the easiest thing. I, I figured it was going to be worse, but you. You get your video files together, you move them onto your drive that already has the Plex software on it, and then it populates. And when you go to your app, it's all there with the correct info as long as you've put it in correctly. Right. That's the thing. You've named it correctly. You have to name, TV shows are named differently than movies. Right. And I you have to understand the convention else. for naming, but right. once you de- once you get it, yeah, yeah, it works. So I would. This is something that has really changed our life here because, in fact, we started watching Forrest Gump the other night on a regular uh, YouTube TV channel. My husband said, "We have that on the Plex, right?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Switch." I don't want to watch the commercials. <laughs> right. So we switched yeah. over to Plex. And, there you go. And, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. You know, everybody did all kinds of different things during COVID. 
I've put oh, seven seasons of Touched by an Angel and seven seasons of MASH mm. are all on this right. I've got, you know, two more to go for the Angels and four more to go for the Docs. And then I right. have to stop Boston Legal. So it's like, <laughs> but this, right. en- this enables us to enjoy the stuff that we've spent money on over the years. Mm-hmm. All As in DVDs one place. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm looking into buying, I, I asked Dom um, a couple of weeks ago about getting a Blu-ray drive mm-hmm. so that I can then do my Blu-rays and, and put them on there. So this is, if, if you're the type of person who, even if you haven't cut the cord, just have a library you want to get control over, look into Plex. And they're very nice. When I had them previously, when they were in the cloud, they charged me for a month when they switched. And I got mm-hmm. a hold of customer service, and they were great. Within it, within 24 hours, they rebated my money. Said thank you. We yep. hope to see you again. That right. went a long way because yeah. I went mm-hmm. right back to them. So you have a, the server software that runs on some type of server, whether mm-hmm. it's a uh, a network attached storage drive or a, an extra computer or something like that. And then you have the player software, you which you can run on your desktop, on a phone, on an iPad on Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku. They, they have it everywhere. Smart it's like TV, Netflix. It's yeah. everywhere. Yes, yeah. it is. So, and then, so you can, it streams to it. You the, uh, Among other things you can do is, if you're going to be taking your laptop with you, you can download the yes. file to the laptop so you can watch it on a plane. Um, the, you can also connect to other people's, like friends. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, like if your friend has stuff that you would like to watch off of their server, you can... They can give you access, and you can log into theirs. Uh, so it it it's really nice. This uh, you can you can stream. There's, they have certain live TV, not all of the networks, of course, mm-hmm. but other things. But um, yeah, that's great. The, that's the one part I think I, I did it for the year, but I don't think that's something I'm going to continue with. Yeah. But I am mm-hmm. considering maybe putting my music library on it. That's yeah. also something you can do, but I don't know how good that's going to be. It's nice. It's nice to do because I've done that. And and one thing to be clear is it's the server software is absolutely free. The yep. streaming service is or the, the streaming from your server to your TV to your phone, what, your computer, all absolutely free inside your network. It's, and it's yep. all free. Yeah, even even outside your network. Yes. As long as you're not now, if you want to do the the fancier stuff where, yeah, you are doing it offline, you are doing the live TV, you have to get what's called Plex Pass. Right. Now, the best thing to do is keep an eye out because about every year or so they'll do a lifetime Plex Pass yep. deal. Oh. That's what I did. That's what I did too. It was like $75 yeah. lifetime. Now then they now they were adding more things. Like they're they're looking to getting into like retro gaming where it's basically running a uh uh, emulator Atari. or yeah like but it's like an emulator uh that costs extra so they, they, there are things that they're costing extra for but these basic services like the live tv streaming like the offline stuff like that that is part of that plex pass and if you can get a lifetime one it's literally lifetime i mean yep. they, they've not bothered me for another penny since so and that's fine there's also a a free streaming movie where there's a lots of movies on demand not first run movies but you know, just stuff like you get on, like uh, on the back cable channels. Like if you mm-hmm. watch, if you flick on USA Today, USA Today, USA Network, or one of those channels on a Saturday afternoon, those types of movies, those are also streaming there. Um, one of the things I do is I've thrown all of our home videos on the, all oh, yeah. of our personal yeah, videos. I haven't done that. I've yeah. thrown them on there. Yeah. So, like, so with the kids, you know, it's great to just have them there and be able to watch them whenever. So that that's that's great too. One more one more feature I've used. I, I don't right now because I don't have the, the wire hooked up for it, but it can do live TV over and DVR over an antenna. Yeah. So you can set up if you've got an antenna oh, okay. setup, you can run you can get an a, a encoder for your computer, basically a USB uh channel. Um well, I'm blanking on the term. But anyways, so then it, it pulls off the antenna and will go into your your uh, Plex, and you can sit and watch it live, or you can set it at record or, as a DVR. Right, and it will do the commercial encoder. removal. Yeah, media yeah. encoder. There we go. That's the word I was yeah. thinking of. Uh, tuner. That's the other word I was looking for. Yes. Uh, TV tuner. So if you do that, yeah, you can have um, you can have live TV just over the air anywhere. And again, that will work anywhere. So right. you could be you could be sitting in the airport in New York City and watching whatever's on your local TV station over the air. Yeah, watching your local news. Yeah. I yep. think you're talking me into going for the lifetime now. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. It might yeah, be. That's, I believe that is another feature that does require Plex Pass is the yeah. live DVR. 
Yeah, it Plex is pretty awesome. There are other media server things out there, but Plex is pretty pretty awesome. I have to say, uh, but I use it every day, every single day. Same here. Um, awesome. All right, uh, Father Cray, what's your pick? So my pick is actually going back to something I picked for Let's Talk uh, three years ago. Uh, three years ago, I did the Couch to 5K program, where it's literally you're going from couch couch potato to jogging five kilometers. And it's a wonderful program. If you, you know, if you are like me that spent a lot of your life sitting on a couch, sitting in an office chair instead of getting out and working out, it's a great, easy way, low stress way to get up to a routine of uh, exercise, of jogging specifically. Now, of course, like many things, um, it's easy to have this goal in mind. I'm going to get up to the point where I can jog a 5K run. It's another thing to say, now I'm going to get up the next day and jog a 5K run and next year jog a 5K, you know, and keep that routine, especially in a place like Montana, where right now is perfect, say, seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning to go out and go do a jog because it's beautiful. But in, say, February, when it's 20 below as a high, you really don't want to be going out there. And so, unfortunately, I got. I got lazy. You know, I, I got got up to the 5K and did it for the rest of that summer. And the next year I did another 5K. And last summer with COVID, I used excuse why not. I actually had joined a gym in the little <laughs> town in town of Malta where I was living at the time. And of course, they shut down due to COVID. So that didn't work. Uh, so I'm going to do the 5K again, the couch to 5K again, or at least uh, more, a little more advanced. I'm going to start like week two instead of week one. And to help do that, there are couch to 5K apps. And the one I in particular picked is C25K, and this is one uh, by Zen Labs, and it, it seems to me to be kind of one of the easiest that's out there. Uh, it's got a lot of features, though, too, that help, but it's, it's just C25K, and there's, it's both Android and iPhone. It's available for both. The biggest thing, of course, it does is it shows you, okay, you're on day one, week one. Here's what you got to do. You know, in, in the, the way the Couch to 5K program works is you run intervals. So you jog for so many seconds, you walk for so many seconds or minutes or whatever, you know, however long it is. You do that over and over and over and over till you've done 30 minutes, give or take. And so it says, you know, so it says, okay, today you need to do 30 seconds of jogging, one minute walking, repeat, 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 repeat. But the nice thing the app does, of course, you can do that with just a stopwatch. You can do that with just a pocket watch. The nice thing the app does is it will actually track that for you. And this one's nice. The the one I'm using, the one I'm using C25K, it will have voice prompts. So you're using your earbuds. You've got your Apple buds in. You've got your, you know, I've got JVC earbuds. You're you're going along. You're you know, you're, you're doing your warm up. You know, okay, welcome to Couch to 5K. Start your five minute walk, and you do your five minute warm up. First jog, ninety seconds. Go, you know, and it beeps to give you the timer to go. And that's the best thing it does is you don't have to be sitting there looking at your watch because believe me, when you're first starting to jog, 60 seconds doesn't seem that long, but, <laughs> but you're sitting there going, oh, it's got to be getting close. What do you mean? It's been 30 seconds. I'm only halfway there, you know? Right, right. Uh, um, so that's the best thing it does is, is it just, it keeps the timing for you. You don't have to worry about how much time do I have left? Uh, what what repetition am I on? Because of course, if you're only doing, say, two minute long repetitions, to do that for a half an hour or really twenty minutes on your warm up, that's ten repetitions. So you got to keep track of okay, I'm on repetition number six. Right. So right. it does that kind of stuff. Another thing it does is it will do. Of course, it will do GPS, so that uh, you can uh, get your map of where, where you ran. Now you can share if you want. Now we talked about security, privacy. You know, you got to have your concern. Do you really want people to know where you're running, you know, every day and stuff like that? But you can share it if you wish. But it helps you, too, to maybe find some trails, some paths. You know, it's nice here where I can leave here, my house here, and a block away, there's a nice trail that runs along the river. Mm. Things like that. So... Um, yeah, so it's, it's, and then there's, there's, it's got other features, like they've got music that of course is supposedly scientifically proven to improve your pace <laughs> and that, whatever you can, you yeah. can run, you know, stuff in the background too, if you want, but it's cool. just, it's nice to have an app that tracks it for you. You know, you can do that. Like I said, you can do the couch to 5k without using any kind of device, any kind of phone, but it just makes it so much easier. If you, get, you get this nice, pleasant voice in your ear, please begin first repetition of 90 second running, you know? 
You know, I'm glad you said that you taught you'd picked it on Let's Talk a while ago because I'm I'm think I saw your pick and I'm like, wait, didn't we already do this? And I looked through the list. I'm like, I I must be imagining it. I'm glad I wasn't just imagining it. No, it was actually, it was on Let's Talk. Yep. <laughs> Actually, Tom, you might have even been on that episode. <laughs> I think I was. I think I was. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Th- thank you. That was a good one. My pick is an app called Harbor. It's disaster preparedness and disaster planning. One of the ways I saw it described is gamifying disaster uh, preparedness, which I, I, I don't know if it's gamifying it. It just makes it easier. What it does, it does several things. For one thing, it, you, you tell it where you are. Okay. Again, this is lo- location dependent. Because the sorts of disasters you're going to get are going to be different depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. If you live in California, you need to be prepared for earthquakes. If you live in Montana, hurricanes is not a thing. No. <laughs> right? So you're going to be, you know, and, and if you're not in New England, you know, if you're if you live in, uh, you know, Georgia, blizzards is probably not a thing. So you, you, it really sort of depends on where you live and so the sorts of disasters you need to prepare for. So you it leads you through a whole bunch of questionnaires and it helps you to think about you know, what sorts of things you get to worry. So things like how much do you have a first aid kit? Do you have a fire extinguisher? Where is your fire extinguisher? Go look at your fire extinguisher now. Is the needle in the green? And I bet, you know, if I asked everyone in our audience, is your fire extinguisher in the green? You're going to probably say, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Go check after we're done here. You know, things like that. Um, How much water do you have? So how many people in your family? Do you have pets? Okay, then this is how much water you should have in case of Mm -hmm. outage and all kinds of things like that. Um, One of the things it talks about is if your electricity goes out, uh, these are the things you have to think about with uh, keep safe food in your freezer and fridge. Do you have a thermometer in your freezer or fridge? It does offer to say if you don't if you need a thermometer, you click the button here, we'll help you buy one and you buy it through the app and <laughs> that's how they're making money, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I went and bought one myself <laughs> because I wanted something specific. But I did go and buy one because I realized I didn't have a, a fridge and a freezer thermometer. Uh so it leads you through that. It does uh risk assessments. If there is a disaster in progress, like a storm or other kind of emergency, it will lead you through the steps you need to take go you know turn off power water and gas uh, avoid contact with floodwaters you know that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um it will help you organize your information where your passports are your insurance policies it will store some of that if you want um you know it'll you could have store photos of important things that you need to keep track of i, I really like it. it it's the sort of thing where you want to sit down and take time this is kind of related to the 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 episode we did a few weeks ago where we talked about you know to tech the tech memento mori where we prepare for our own mm-hmm. death or death of a loved one getting organized getting prepared this is another thing where you can be organized and prepared like i said it 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 takes a little bit of time but they let you do it in chunks as well you don't have to do it all at once they you can have them send you emails every day with a couple of steps you can follow to 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 uh to keep doing it which i think is really nice so it's a it's a nice little app. It's really interesting. It's available in uh on the iPhone right now. They do have an Android version that's on the way and you can sign up on their waiting list on their website. And uh yeah, it's really good. I I love stuff like this, John. So of course I've already downloaded it and <laughs> and I have the hurricane ones and all the others from Red Cross. The only thing I would give a tip for people if you have things like this and you have multiples be careful at how many of them are, sh- are you're lo- allowing notifications. Yes. Because when something <laughs> yeah. happens, every your, your phone tweets for about 20 minutes. Every single yeah. notification <laughs> is going off for everything that's happening. It happens yeah. in a thunderstorm every yeah. time now. So I, We had severe thunderstorm warnings yesterday, and I had like seven different notifications yep. all go off at once. I'm like, I need to turn some of those off. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, that's another actually pretty good tip. You, your state may have a local emergency management office uh, app. Mm-hmm. That would not be a bad thing to put on your phone uh, for your local emergency management and for disaster prep, that sort of stuff. You know, and I'm, I'm glad to see apps like this available because, of course, again, this is you know living in a rural area. It's it's always kind of in the forefront of our mind. You're going to get bad weather. You're going to have it, you know, middle of winter. You always prepare for a blizzard. Doesn't matter what the right. weather's like when you leave on a trip. You're always prepared for, you know, yeah. a, you know, a blanket in the car and a shovel and things like that. And I think a lot of people in more urban areas, suburban and urban areas, don't really think about that. No, 
you know, in no. this last winter with Texas, with that big freeze they had, a lot of people were caught unaware of what right. could happen if the power goes out in the middle of a blizzard. A lot of people in Texas would have been better off if they'd had done something like this. Not, not you, you know, know. to be this, but something like this. Yeah, and, and, this, and this isn't something like a prepper situation where you've got a year's worth of food right. and, you know, yeah. enough, no, no, enough no, no, water no. to go swimming in. But this is basic, basic. This is, you know, basically you've got three days, you know, three days of food. You've got, you know, candles, you've got blankets, you've got, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, right. and, and in our area, because Don and I, Dom and I live very close, um, yep. we have now the phenomenon of having tornadoes show up right. like these little right. it, they're not big tornadoes like you all have out the f5s like hell and hunt flying through the air right but we have these <laughs> little ones and yeah. people don't know what to do about them and don't know what they are like one ran through my neighborhood about a year and a half ago people said that was a tornado like <laughs> I, i'm like yeah yeah but it wasn't you so know what a tornado. Was a pretty yeah. mild one it wasn't yeah. nem yeah. you know and all everybody floating around so <laughs> yeah yeah, was, and this sort of thing helps you think about it. What 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 kinds of things in the case of a, a natural disaster or anything going on, it, it it surfaces the information you need when you need it, and or and helps you prepare ahead of time. And that's that's what's nice about it. That's great. All right, I think that should do it. Uh, if you have any feedback or comments or anything like that, you you like want to uh, suggest us uh, future picks of the week, even we'd love to hear from you. You can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology, or you can do so at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you can find links from our discussion and picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to follow The Secrets of Tech everywhere you can get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. Thank you, Dom. And Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>